0: This is producer Michael Miracle. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast. Be sure to check out our website at iworkforhim.com. That's iwork4him.com for all of our past shows and podcasts, plus Jim's blogs, reading recommendations, and tons of great I Work For Him resources. All available at
1: iworkforhim.com. And now, today's broadcast. And I am your guest host, Ross Harrop. Filling in for Jim Brangenberg as I do on the first Friday of each and every month with our program called Ministry in the Marketplace. First of all, I'd ask that uh, when you get an opportunity, check out the latest on the IWorkForHim.com website. And while you're out there, please prayerfully consider joining Jim, Martha, the I Work For Him Nation. Start praying for your coworkers and your employees by name each and every day. And every day... We take a different approach to looking at the way you and I think about our faith at work. And today, we have an opportunity though to have in studio a C12 member, and um, he um, is the executive director of a very special Tampa Bay not-for-profit. It's called Family Ministries, uh, located locally in Seffner, Florida. And uh, Bob Sharp, it's great to have you on the, the broadcast today. Good to be here, Ross. Hey Bob, I um, I'm delighted to uh, to have you uh, as as part of the the C12 family and and uh, and while we have a lot of uh, for profit businesses that come in studio and as we've done this uh, the first Friday for the, the past few years, uh, it's great to uh, to share with someone that. Uh, that I feel is a kindred spirit uh, having worked in the uh, the not for profit sector my entire career and so uh, it's good to good to have you here um so let's give our our audience kind of a, just um, a, a, an overview of, of who you are, and um, I know, having spent some time with you uh, in this past year, just a few times, I know that that uh, your joy is, is genuine, and you just love to serve others, and um, some people work for the Lord. I know, um, I've seen firsthand, you like to work with the Lord, arm in arm, and so i um, what I'd like to ask is give our audience an indication of what has Christ been doing in your life recently that has you excited?
0: <laughs> That's a lot. Um, well, again, it's a pleasure to be here, but uh, m- more importantly, I liked how you phrased that, to work with the Lord, because um, my wife and I have been married for a little over 30 years now, and she'll probably be impressed that I remembered that. <laughs> um But uh, when we first got married, we decided that for our house, we were going to serve the Lord. And that meant uh, not that things would be easy, not that things would be simple, and not that everything would just be smooth as glass all the way through. Um, Our relationship is, is, is obviously built on Christ, but our family is as well. And so as a family, we've been able to serve. And so um, the ministry that I'm involved with, we get to work with God. We don't have to work for him. We get to work with him. And so uh, earlier we were talking, and, and it's a matter of just hanging on. And, and once, you, once you grab on and you make that commitment and you're, you're, going to, you're going to say, I'm all in and I'm going to serve, um, you, you need to hang on and, and with both hands and enjoy the ride. And it's been a blast where we're, we're, we're having fun serving God.
1: You know, as I was listening to you, Bob, I, I was thinking about those days in my life when I, uh, when I, 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 just tell Lord, Hey, I, today's a good day. I, I got this. <laughs> you, you to, you know, that is not going to be a good day. Right. You know, we know he's sovereign, but some days we just feel like, uh, we we've got everything in control and, uh, I, I I love uh, the way you phrased it. Uh, you know that that you and Nikki said we're we're all in.
0: Yeah, you, you, if you if you think you've got it, you better hold on tight. Yeah. Um, because he also has a pretty good sense of humor too, and a good way to to, to humble us. Yeah. And it's, and and to bring us to our knees. I mean, I I think that's a, that's very important. Is, uh everybody? It's kind of funny. People come and they say. And you talk to people along the way and they talk about their kids because we're in the kid business and um the first thing i tell them is you better better get on your knees first
1: yeah yeah i think it's um you know I, I had someone just yesterday say well I know that that, that uh, God will never give me more than I can handle and I said you know that makes for a great bumper sticker but the fact is that's why we have prayer yeah that's why we have the Holy Spirit that's why we have the re- relationship with the Son Jesus Christ because each and every day we are given more than we can handle and we need to be tight in relationship in our walk with uh, in an, in alignment with uh with with jesus he won't give us more than we can handle without him without him there you go all right well we're gonna that's it for the broadcast today <laughs> jose there you go there was the there was the nugget that someone out there sitting in traffic was looking for um hey bob i um i i my heart has uh, always been with the not-for-profit sector, and, and the fact is um, I, I like to draw a distinction between nonprofits and not-for-profits, and not-for-profits have the same business model yeah. as the for-profit sector. And the fact is I know from my experience of 33 years as an executive director with the Boy Scouts America, the fact is— that if we didn't have a surplus at the end of the year, I wasn't going to be employed because uh, that uh, I had that fiduciary responsibility to take other people's money and take care uh, of those that they were invested in. So give us an overview about um, Family Ministries of Florida. Tell us, uh, big big picture, what it's all about. Big picture.
0: Um, the uh, Family Ministries is actually started in 1976 out in Sefner. And it was a satellite unit of a much larger organization out in Oklahoma, but uh, many people know the Cooks and Hills name, and that's, that's who we were part of. In 2000, we became independent from them. It, it allowed us to establish a board of directors here locally in the state of Florida, uh, just to do some things, incorporate in Florida, become tax-exempt in Florida. There were things that you can do as a, as a nonprofit organization. And, and it was good. It wasn't a hostile thing at all. It was, it was actually it was the design when they started the, the unit out here in Florida. But over the years, it's kind of grown. We started out doing just simple, what I call simple residential care, if there's any such thing. We worked with parents, um, what we call private placements. Parents or grandparents or guardians would place their children with us. And, and it, it, there's some kind of breakdown in the family, a divorce, a separation. Uh, there can be addiction, something along that line. One of the, one of the things that the the cycles that we see now that that we've really been in the last several years is, uh, grandparents having to raise grandchildren. Right. Absolutely. Um, That's a huge burden because as a, I know one family in our church and, and I, I've, I've talked with this man, I've prayed with this man, I've cried with this man because he didn't sign out for what he's got. He's got a wife that's ill and he's got three grandkids that they're having to raise. and he just looked at me, and, and I said, "Yeah, you just didn't sign up for this, but you've got it." And just as we mentioned earlier, uh, without God, you can't do this. <laughs> right? So, absolutely. Uh, th- that's a big piece of it. So we we started out with those children coming into our residential program, and when I say residential program, um, our model is a little bit different than some of the other programs in the state. Uh, we use the traditional family model. We have house parents that live in the house seven days a week, twenty four hours a day. Uh, Their main job is to be a mom and dad and they get to uh, we do give them a weekend off a month and they get some vacation time in the summer where they can spend time with their biological kids. But as house parents, my wife and I, we were in the house with our three boys, our three biological boys, and everybody else was just part of our family. And, and how
1: many would be in a, in a home? Oh gosh, setup? you'd have,
0: you'd kind of have, our homes are designed for 12. Okay. That's a huge number. So Nine. we, we, we average about 10 Okay, and kind of just depends on the makeup of the house, all the children that are there. Um, the other thing that's unique about our program is that we don't put all boys in one house and all girls in the other. We've got boys and girls in the same house. So if you think about the house as a big T, there's a boys end and a girls in, um, we, you know, we we do our best to keep them separate, and it, you know, there there are hormones and in, in, in tennis shoes, but we we do the biggest thing that we get to do is help these kids understand who Christ is.
1: Yeah, and and, and so it, what is the what is the glue that keeps that family unit together? That ten approximately. <laughs> That's a good question. Um, well, you get to answer it in about twenty seconds, and <laughs> before we go to break, but go ahead, give it a give it a shot. Give it a shot. All right. Well,
0: the the glue that really holds the whole thing together is God's love, because.
1: Oh, so that's a good one. We'll, we're going right. to pick up right there. And I am your guest host and local C12 chairman Ross Harrop, filling in for Jim Brangenberg as I do on the first Friday of each month. Thanks for listening, Tampa Bay and around the world. Uh, you've you've. Uh, Checked in on a good afternoon because we've been talking to Bob Sharp. He is the Executive Director of Family Ministries of Florida, located right here in uh, Seffner. Uh, okay, let's get right back into it. Bob, We you were describing um, your, um, your your ministry program and uh, describing how you have um, a, a, a home-based center residential program somewhere around 10 uh, kids and then a a set of house parents, right? How many, so how many little homes are there on in, in the, in, the family ministries?
0: Well, on our campus, we have three residential cottages. Okay. Um, and they're, they're called cottages. That's what the state calls them. Right. So, uh, we have three on the campus and then in the home, typically there's, there's three bedrooms and a full bath on both ends of the house. So boys and girls in, the house parents have their own bedroom and bathroom. So, And then there's a, a big living area and a big kitchen. And what most people are most impressed about our kitchens. is One, there's a huge island in the middle of each of them. So there's enough room for four or five people to cook. The idea is that the kids are learning how to do independent living and do cooking and chores and cleaning and all those things in the house. But the thing that's most impressive is we have these big, round tables that we sit around for meals in each of the houses. And then in the middle of the table, so you can fit 12, 14 people around this table. And in the middle of it is another lazy Susan where we put all the food and the house. Parents turn it. Kind okay. So lo-
1: lazy Susan is not the descriptor of one of the kids. <laughs> no, in there. no, no, no. Okay. Have, we we have don't have allow lazy uh, Susans in, uh, in this program.
0: We, we have some of those. We, we developed a, a, a simple philosophy many years ago of work hard, play hard, pray hard.
1: Yeah, I saw that on your website. That's great. Say yeah, it again.
0: Work hard, play hard, pray hard. Yeah. Work hard. The uh, the, the 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 children um, they learn about chores. They learn about taking care of their own stuff. They learn about taking care of things around the house. Um, they all have chores outside. We sit on about 15 acres of land. Uh, we've we've roughly figured that about 10 to 12 of that is grass. Um, we do have a big tractor, but the kids use the push mowers because and everybody says oh that's a that's crazy to have them push mow all that but what'd you do as a kid
1: yeah you, you push yeah. them over yeah um, and exactly. we all
0: did and it's become very therapeutic and it's a great chore for kids and they can see what they've done so they learn how to work hard and they develop a work ethic and uh play hard is so important because children today are growing up so fast one of our things is we deal with with sibling groups so I just recently had a a, a sibling group that came in a boy and a girl and the girl was nine years old and her brother was seven years old and he has an allergy and the people that brought him in had no idea what it was, but this nine-year-old girl, she can rattle off. Well, he's allergic to this, 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 and he can't have that. And you know, whatever the case may be, she basically at nine, 10 years old has to be mom to her younger brother. So play hard is very important on our campus. We've got a huge playground, basketball court open area and we just encourage the kids to get out and play um, one of the boys was kind of a hefty little boy when he came and uh, through uh, a regular diet and through getting out and exercising and, and playing uh, when he was first there he would get mad because his house parents would kind of force him outside the house and turn the tv off and force him outside the house and he'd get upset about that well now he's out playing football basketball he's running around, he, the, the young man he runs cross country And and you never would have thought that would
1: be him. That was even possible. That was even possible when he arrived. So, how long do the kids typically? And I know there's no typical or no normal, but what what is how long would a a a brother sister or or an individual come and stay and be part of one of your families?
0: On on average, it it used to be about about three or four years. Um, Back in about two thousand two, two thousand three. Uh, we were approached by some folks, influential folks in our community to open up some beds for foster care. And when you, when you do that, our niche is sibling groups. But when you do that, there's always the whole case plan. What's going on with the parents? Are they, have the parents rights been terminated? Are they going to be adopted? So are they going to go to family? Are they going to have another placement? So right now our average length of stay is still probably somewhere between two and three years. But. you know, we we ended the last segment with with God's love, and um, I really want to stress the importance because that does hold our families together. That is the glue.
1: That's uh, that, I, I cut you off short yeah, there yeah, to go. That,
0: that holds everything back together. But what what I what I what I really appreciate about our program and the developing of spiritual character is the idea that whether a, a student is at our program for eight years, and we've had some that have been there for eight years or 8 hours they still get to experience God's love and that's through the house parents and whether they have issues or or dealing with some violent tendencies or are just plain scared that's mostly what we deal with when they when when children first come in they're just like they're worn out yeah they had no idea they were going to be removed from their family they had no idea somebody was going to pick them up they had, you know, no idea what was going on,
1: and uh, they're just—they're like, "What is this place?" Yeah, and so and, and communications has it's been huge. lacking typically yep. uh, in the past, and then all of a sudden they come into to your new family, and it's yeah. all about communication. Then. And and
0: it and it becomes a real balance, and it's kind of funny because as the as the, the longer the children are in the program and are with their house parents. And they end up calling them mom and dad. Yeah, That's the role they're in. We're not trying to replace mom and dad, but that's the role they're in. But it's interesting because as the children settle down and become more comfortable in our program, the residential piece, they have a hard time when they go on visits with their family. Not that they don't care about their family, but it's hard for them to understand how they can love their 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 mom and dad, their biological family, but also have a love for these People that are caring for them, so it, it's a real balance. And there is again God's love because it's it's it's
1: unlimited. And and I I have to believe just just listening to you speak, Bob, that in many ways these kids didn't even know coming in, or some of them didn't know what love meant. Yeah. Or have or or have a healthy maybe that's a better way. Maybe didn't have a healthy definition of what love could be. Well
0: the longer I've been doing this, the more I, I know that blood is thicker than water. Yeah. And, and, and no matter what, children still want to be with their family. So that being said, um, you know, as humans, we let each other down and, and we're going to, we're going to disappoint one another. There's going to be things that we do, decisions that we make, things that happen. And that happens for these children and their families. So that's where, when we talk about God's love in our program, holding the whole thing together That's what we get to introduce these children to. And when they develop and they know about God's love, they also develop a faith which produces a hope for tomorrow. And God's not going to let them down. He's going to carry them through. He's going to help them when times get tough. He's going to help them with their broad shoulders and handle the things that they don't think they can handle.
1: What I, I hope that we'll get, have an opportunity is to, to, to look at maybe um, one of those stories that that as you look back on on your time in ministry um, at, at Flor- Florida Ministries uh, or Family uh, Florida Ministries that that you could share with us how you have taken this one who has been broken and uh, and helped him to uh, to become whole and uh, so. Uh, when we come back on the other side uh, of the next commercial, we, we'll, we'll let's look into one of those stories. But tell me, share the vision, the vision statement, of, uh, uh, if you will, of, of Family Ministries of Florida. What is that uh, exactly? Well,
0: we have a mission statement and we have a vision statement. Okay. And, and they both kind of go hand in hand. We basically want to help these students or these children develop their Christian character. We and, and we do that through the Christian home. We do it through the Christian school. Um, we have a we have a school on our campus, Legacy Christian Academy. We're doing all sorts of innovative things. It's a it's a non traditional type of learning, but we're reaching students um, in our program that may not have had the chance to do things. They may not have figured out. You know, they seem to all be at different places in their education. Even if you've got if you have if you have three students that are sitting here that are supposed to be in sixth grade, I guarantee you that not all three are working at the same level.
1: Yeah, yeah, and so you're you're able to develop those individual plans of uh, of learning uh, for each of the kids. That's fantastic. Today on I Work for Him, we've been talking to. Bob Sharp, he's the executive director of a, a, an amazing not-for-profit called Family Ministries of Florida, right here in Sefner. So let's get right back into it, Bob. What I'd like to do, you were you were talking uh, about the the core of your vision and mission statement, developing spiritual character in at-risk youth, and uh, I, and we were talking uh, in the studio earlier um, that in today's world. Clearly, every youth is at risk. I I, I say that about my grandkids all the time, And, uh, and and it can turn quickly with just that one bully at school that can turn their good grades upside down. So every every student is, is at risk. Yet you have a special program that you bring families who uh, are experiencing change in their family structure. A lot of grandparents, you said, that are have taken on the responsibility for raising the grandkids and just may need uh, to, t- to take a time out. And, and sometimes that could be a year, two years, and, and even longer. All right, what I'd like you to do... Um, Jesus loved to convey truth through his stories. So what I'd like to ask you to do, Bob, is if you could just—obviously, it's all confidential work that you do—but could you share just a story about a a young life whose spiritual character was turned around through the love of your programming and— as you said, the glue, God's love, is is. Can you share something with us? Yeah, I I, I sure can. I've got like a whole host of stories uh-huh. I can share
0: with you, um, but there there's a young man who recently this kind of stands out. He's in college right now. He goes to uh, Johnson University in Kissimmee, which used to be Johnson uh, or uh, Florida Christian uh, College. But um, he he's a he's a unique young man. He came into our program probably. Uh, I think when he was probably about 15 years old and he's 19 now. And so when he came in to the program, he came out of a, out of another shelter where if he was sitting here today, he would tell you that, um, it wasn't a good place. They came to him and they said, Hey, we've got another program. We want to send you to, uh, and he's like, I don't really want to go there. They said, well, it's a Christian place. I really don't want to go there. You know, those kind of things. And, and the day that he arrived, you know, he kind of got blown away. Um, he was able to come in and realize that, you know, uh, we're not just a bunch of people walking around beating people, kids over the head with the Bible. Um, we cared about him. Uh, we were able to greet him when he came in. And he was, he was kind of just blown away by the idea of, hey, these people care about me and already are opening their home up to me. And it wasn't. Didn't take him long to start calling his house parents, mom and dad. And over the over the course of the years, coming to know him, um, there was a time when he and his sister and his family they lived in a car. They lived on the street. Uh, he got involved with the wrong crowd at school. He knows the drugs. He knows the alcohol. He's been down those roads. He's dealt with those things. He's dealt with. Should I even be here? and made some of those decisions, some of those bad choices, some of those things. And, yeah. um, the, 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 thing that, the thing that most impresses me about this young man is his resilience. You know, we sit here today and he has a, a set of grandparents that he just loves and adores, but he has absolutely no blood relationship to them whatsoever. They are his, his half sisters, um, paternal
1: grandparents. It does get complicated, doesn't it? It gets a little
0: complicated yeah. when you start doing it. You almost need a program um to understand some of these things. But but his resilience and and Ross, the day that he um he came to my wife and I and he said, I think I wanna accept Christ into my life. Wow. I've been coming to church, I've been doing all this stuff, um and and it was kind of fun because we we were able to counsel with him and walk him through that whole process and, um, uh, to, I I never forget the Sunday we were doing a, a, a big program, Easter program at our church. And we had a, a baptism set up and he came up and, and I, I got to baptize him. And, uh, you know, there's, there's one thing about your, your, your best day of getting married, but there's one day about getting, getting to come to Christ. And, when he came up out of that water he was a different kid he was a different person and he has not stopped since and that was that was gosh three years ago and he is now um as i said he's going to a bible college he's been involved in ministry he his desire is he wants to be involved in 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 preaching or church leadership to some extent
1: and, and so in in total how many years have you had an impact on his life he's now in college so approximately i'm not it's probably been about four years four, four years. years and and it's it, it is kind of interesting because
0: when he comes home from you know when he, when school's out you know where he's coming he's yeah. coming home coming home he comes home with us he spends the summer with us he's uh he had a fall break just recently thanksgiving he'll be home christmas he'll be home so, and, you know, what's interesting is he's also, when he's home, he has a job. He's got an employer that, that has said, anytime you're on break, you can come work. And he's got a strong work ethic. He's got a good head on his shoulders. And, you know, he just, he he out and out just wants to serve.
1: And now he has a heart for the Lord. Oh, yeah. That, that so it's more than a vision statement that says... Developing spiritual character. This is this this is life as as you make it known at Family Ministries of Florida. Sure,
0: and as I said earlier, you know that's what gives us hope. Yeah, our faith gives us hope for tomorrow, and and he has got it, and um, it's just fun to see how God's using him.
1: So let's let's segue. Uh, as we said in the beginning of the show, <laughs> this time's going to go by real fast, uh, Bob. Uh, but uh, tell us about Legacy Christian Academy. All the kids in the in, in your residential program sure. go there, but then kids from the community go there. Yeah. So tell us about Legacy Christian Academy.
0: Well, we 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 had partnered with uh, with another private school um, for many years, and a good school. They had very high academic standards, very high social standards. Some of our kids didn't fall into all that. And so not only are they leaving their homes and coming into our residential program, but then we're going over to this new school. And so they're starting a new school and then they're being told, well, you know, you didn't test real well. So we're going to, we're going to bounce you. You're not, you're supposed to be in sixth grade. but We're, we're going to put you in fifth grade. And so um, we tried using some of the the public schools in our area and, and not that they're all bad. I don't want to say that, but there were some struggles. The communication just wasn't there. So my wife and I began, we set out to find an education program uh, that would work for our students. And we went ahead and we, we we found a curriculum that we really liked, the Accelerated Christian Education Curriculum. And we met with the folks that, that run that program. And they basically had a, a school in a can, I call it. They just said, you know, here you go. You open it up and there's your school. And we've tweaked it over the years. What we really like about it is, each of the students really are, are, are individuals. Uh, the teachers are not. My wife teaches the high school classroom. So she's not standing up and lecturing math, English, and science out of three periods. Each of the students is working at their own pace, their own level. We can. There's some diagnostic things that we can do to find out where they are. And then we, then we can kind of dive into what they need. We, we can even go back, Ross, we can even go back and, you know, if, if they're like me and they fell asleep when they did fractions back in, in, in elementary school and, and I slept through that, we can go back and get them caught up on fractions and move them forward. It's, it's mastery-based education. They don't move forward till they understand what they've done because everything builds on itself. And so not only are we able to meet their educational needs, their math, English, science, social studies kind of things, we have foreign language as well, but we also have some fine arts. Our children in, enjoy drama. Uh, we're getting... Yeah. November 17th. November 17th. Peter Pan, Peter the Pan. musical.
1: You bet. Uh, you didn't think I, I paid uh, attention, that's did pretty you? pretty good.
0: Um, but our children enjoy doing that. And there's something about putting on the costume and the makeup that they can kind of...
1: Escape a little bit.
0: Escape, but come out. Yeah. And yeah. we started doing that program because we noticed there's so much talent in these children and 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 they're they're smart boy they're smart cookies and 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 they've got they've got something there but we wanted to showcase it so we started this dinner theater and that's kind of what that is
1: yeah so that's free to the public it's free to the public you're going to give us a website when we come back Uh, so uh okay um ministry in the marketplace i am your guest host ross harrop i'm the local c12 chairman and i'm filling in for jim brangenberg as i do on the first friday of each and every month and i am delighted to continue our discussion with Bob Sharp as a C12 member, but also as the executive director of Family Ministries of Florida, right here in Seffner. And Bob, we were talking about Legacy Christian Academy. It's um, the, the, the the kids that are in your residential program program, uh, are in the in the school the mastery program uh education plan and you had a lot of other fancy words that you lost (laughs) me on but uh what i what i learned was every kid's being being taught at his level so how many kids are there in the legacy christian academy in total um right right now there's 32 students and in that 32
0: we have several students that come in from off campus as well and every time i talk about some of our programs and whether it be the, the independent learning and the mastery-based education piece, we also do a program that we call our BASE program, which is um, balometri- Balometrics and Sensory Enhancement. Um, and I won't go into a lot of that. Well, good, because uh, <laughs> you, you lost me with just the
1: title. Well, but.
0: it has to do with how our core balance, and NASA did a lot of research with this back right. in the early 60s, right. how our core balance has to do with our sensory integration and how we take things in, how we process things, how we perceive things, and how we do with all that. If you think about it this way, you know, Peyton Manning's an all-star quarterback. He's got to, in order for him to be an all-star quarterback, he has to be able to get the ball, take the snap, do all these things, right? He has to see where his guys are going, who's coming at him. He's got to get the right velocity, the right balance, be able to throw the ball and hit his target. Well, you take two or three of those things out of there, which may not have developed in a student or may from some kind of trauma may not have may have gotten displaced. You take two or three of those things out of Peyton Manning's repertoire and he's playing for a team up in Northern Ohio. (laughs) So he's, you know, it's, it's, it's not, uh, we're, we're trying to redevelop that. And so we're trying to help kids learn that and, and balance has come into so much of that and it's getting kids active. So that piece really makes it a unique situation because you can take your your student to a therapist and 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 do these different programs at their places right got it we're one of the very few schools in the country that has
1: built that right into the curriculum well in your illustration as a Denver Bronco fan, <laughs> I was I was hoping you were gonna tell me that Peyton Manning was coming back, strapping him on and 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 gonna be playing next week uh, and and maybe we'll get a win. He's delivering pizzas. Yeah, yeah, and doing it very successfully. <laughs> right, hey, do me a favor. Um I I'd like to talk about your involvement. You joined the, your C twelve group with Scott Hitchcock last. Last um, January, yeah. you've been in uh, just a year. So please, would you, you just share the story of how your C12 advisory board group, and, and each of these groups, uh, just to remind, refresh our uh, our audience, have, uh, you know, it's called C12, the Christian 12, executive roundtable format. They meet for a full day once a month. How have they influenced your ministry's operations and, and, and growth? We have a lot of for-profit men and women in each of these groups, but you happen to ser- serve as the executive director of a not-for-profit. So how have they helped you grow in your ministry and uh, the growth of your program?
0: Well, there's there's been a couple of really neat things about C12. First, when I got involved, I heard someone in my group say, I'm a, I'm a Christian business leader, and I'm trying to make my business into a ministry. I'm the other, I'm the other way around. Okay. I I run a ministry that operates a business. Yeah. So for me, I, I, it was kind of a challenge that way, but not so much. And then I heard people talk about things that were going on in their businesses, um, their succession planning, their uh, struggles they they might have with uh, contracts that they have to fulfill or different situations with employees or what, what I found was that their struggles in the for-profit world were a whole lot like the struggles I had in the nonprofit world. Yeah. So there's not a whole lot of difference. Um, so the, the, the group has been great. I've learned, I've learned so much. And for me, C12 has become a, 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 you know, for for a, a director or a president or a CEO of a company, um, missing one day is a lot.
1: Yeah, absolutely. In the business world. It's yeah. a
0: lot. But for me, it's that one day a month. It's like a spiritual retreat because we're not just talking about how to operate a business or how to help one another in their business, how to sell more widgets, how to make more widgets. But we're talking about you know, our group just had a—one uh, of our members, his his wife just had a baby. And there were some complications and some things. There's a whole prayer thing going on. Right. We're praying for one another. Yeah. Uh,
1: we're, you're there for each other. You become a family, for, much you, like you— You become
0: a family, a small oh. group. Yeah. And um, it, it, to me, it's been a lot of fun because uh, C12 just— it's great to know that there's other people out there that are still trying to influence the world for Christ through their business,
1: Bob. I like to say that what we do is we connect the Sunday morning sermon
0: sure.
1: with the Monday morning madness. Yeah. Now, how how do we do that? How do how do we bring the <laughs> two together and uh, and make it real? Um, and and I and I love it. The the term you. It's non-negotiable to be there sure. one day a month. And while you're really good, just like the other members are really good at working in their business, once a month you take the time to work on your business, on your ministry, whatever that is.
0: Yeah, I, I would I, I would say it, it definitely is working on their ministry. Um, everybody that I've come in contact with yeah, they may, they have a business, but they're they're doing ministry through their business. Yeah, and that's the, and, that's and, the biggest and,
1: thing, boy. And that is a misnomer that we can't combine ministry oh, yeah. and business. The fact is, Christ commands that we disciple others, and uh, and and so you're in full time uh, ministry, but so aren't they? Even if oh, it's yeah. a, a, a Uh, a $2 billion uh, company that uh, one of the other fellow members in your group is, uh, is heading, Bob, I want to, I I don't want to lose this. Um, How challenging is it for you to meet the financial uh, obligations uh, in fundraising and that? Is that your fundraising is always difficult. Um, I, I mean,
0: I've been doing this long enough over 25 years and I've been able to see where 25 years ago people gave to everything that came down the pike right and then we kind of went through that time of the economy where people still had money but all of a sudden they said "Mm, i'm going to be a little more particular about what i give to so i just for me it's very difficult to uh just make a general plea yeah Uh, yeah we have all the resources on our website you can give online you can you know we we have an endowment we can we can work with stocks. We can you know we can we can Lots do all everything. those things. Yeah.
1: So give us the website because I want people because uh, we're yeah. wrapping up our, our hour. Hard to believe, but give them your website so that people go can go check it out. Family
0: Ministries FL like Florida dot org.
1: Okay. Family and, Ministries FL dot org.
0: And when you go there, you can navigate around and tab around, and you can see the different things that are going on. I would encourage people to go to the, the Legacy Program, uh, the Legacy Christian Academy page, and at the very bottom of that, there's a there's a brochure that they can go on for our wellness center. And that's a project we're really working on, and it's not just going to be uh, a new building for a school for our campus um, and allow us to do all the things we've talked about today. It's going to allow us to reach more students in the community so that maybe we can reach those students and those families before they have to make the call to have their children come into a residential program. And it's also going to be a, a, a reach into the community and be a place where, uh, kids can come and play. Adults can come and play. Um, you'll be able to have weddings there and all that kind of stuff. So we really want to be a community resource as well.
1: I can't wait to come out and, uh, and visit and, uh, I shared with you that I had worked in a similar program uh, in during college, and so I'm going to come out, and I would encourage others to go on your website. Yeah. Um, thanks, Bob. I appreciate you and your ministry. So as we come to the end of another Ministry in the Marketplace show, I want to thank you for listening today, and I encourage you to listen to my friend Jim Brangenberg. He'll be back in this chair next Monday mor- uh, Monday afternoon at 3 o'clock. Check him out at the iWorkForHim.com uh, website. Um, and please consider joining the I Work For Him nation. Our workplace is our mission field. And in the mission field, you may be the only Jesus your co-workers and employees may ever meet. You've been listening to Ministry in the Marketplace. It's an I Work For Him show. And I am your guest host, Ross Arup. Until the next time we're together, remember, you are a Christ follower. And uh, you're working in your mission field right where you're at.